The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, as you can tell from my accent. I've worked for many years in Canada, but also with various colleagues in the U.S. I'm retired from medical practice, but I'm still working in healthcare, particularly in research and development. As far as family caregiving goes, I see it as one of the most important supports for healthcare right across the world right now. Family caregivers, who are they? They are the people who provide care to family members suffering health challenges. They are the people who go on providing care when all the professional caregivers, like I used to be, have gone home. They are the people that the healthcare systems of so many countries, US, Canada, and many more, rely on more and more. And here's where I confess to something that's already pretty obvious, I think, and that is that I'm an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Our episode today is about Kate's voice, children with special needs and music therapy. We have two guests, Laura Rutherford and Meredith Pizzi. They are both linked by music therapy. Laura is the mother of Kate, who has multiple developmental and physical disabilities and who inspired Kate's voice, a nonprofit group that grants music therapy programs to special needs classrooms. Laura and her husband, Mark, are the founders of Kate's Voice. Laura has seen firsthand the unique power of music to reach children with special needs. It's her dream and vision to bring this music to as many such children as possible. She holds the Bachelor of Arts degree in English from St. Lawrence University and the Master of Arts degree in Writing from Northeastern University. Besides spending time with her family, she enjoys writing, writing, reading, running, spinning, and yoga. Meredith is a professional music therapist and the founder of and director of Roman Music Therapy Services. This is a music therapy agency which serves children and adults with social, emotional, cognitive, behavioral, physical, and educational needs. She holds the bachelor's degree in music therapy she completed her music therapy internship at Alternatives for Children in Long Island, New York. Her experience includes young children with and without disabilities and individuals of all ages with complex medical and developmental needs. Her clients include nonverbal learners and individuals with conditions such as autism spectrum disorders, Down syndrome, and Williams syndrome. 
and she's developed an early childhood music program called Sprouting Melodies. She supervises music therapy students in their training, and she provides numerous presentations and workshops to a wide-ranging audience. Welcome to the show, Laura and Meredith. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, now I'm going to start with Laura, please. Please tell us about Kate's Voice. Kate's Voice is a nonprofit 501c3 that gives music therapy grants to special needs classrooms across Massachusetts. Meredith, how did you get involved in music therapy? I, as a child growing up, was always involved in music. I started playing the trumpet in fifth grade and, and loved making music and loved how it made me feel. And um, always thought I'd go into music education because I wanted to help people with music. And then someone said to me one day at a summer camp, have you ever heard of music therapy? And I said, no, that's exactly what I want to do. And so I changed my college search and started searching for schools that had music therapy. That's when I knew that's exactly what I wanted to be doing um, professionally. Laura, you, you told me that you had a fundraiser. How did it go? Um, it went very well. Um, it was a couple of weeks ago, and we had about 180 people attend, mostly uh, made up of family, friends, and a few people from the Kate's Voice community, such as some teachers and therapists. Um, and we had a silent auction and a raffle, and people made donations at the door. We had some live performers, and Meredith spoke as well. Um, we ended up netting about $50,000. Wow, that's tremendous. Now let's go back to the beginning, Laura. What actually led you to set up Kate's Voice? Well, Kate's Voice is inspired by my daughter, Kate. Um, my husband and I founded Kate's Voice um, about three or four years ago. Um, Kate, as, you, as I, you had stated before, has multiple physical and mental disabilities. And the one thing we noticed she always responded to and loved was music as a baby and a toddler. And so when she entered her special needs classroom, we gifted a musician to come in and perform every week, and we learned, although he was not a music therapist, he did a lot of the things that a music therapist does, and we learned that the kids in the classroom just loved him and responded tremendously and positively um, to him, and so we realized that Kate wasn't the only one who had this, you know, response to music, and so we started researching music and special needs, and we came upon music therapy, and we thought, bingo, this is exactly what these kids need and, you know, what they've been responding to. And so we wanted to make it available to more um, special needs children, and so we started Kate's Voice to do that. <clears throat> At what point did you meet Meredith? Well, I recently, um, Meredith has been one of the therapists that has been um, working at some of our schools, I think for the, has it been two years, Meredith? Two years, yeah. Um, we, the way we work is we give grants, schools, classrooms apply for grants from us, and then we give them the money to put these music therapy programs in place in their classroom, and they are sort of in charge of hiring the therapist. And Meredith has been the therapist for probably five or six of our schools over the past couple of years, and that's how she and I kind of met and came and, you know, I went out and vi I go out to visit the schools periodically and I met her there and we just have had some conversations about um, scheduling and, and stuff like that and we asked her to speak at our recent fundraiser and um, that's kind of how we, I came to know her through Kate's voice and her being one of the therapists for our schools. Right. And I have to say it's been a real joy working with Kate's voice. Um, they are the only organization in Massachusetts that I'm aware of that 
is really raising funds only to fund music therapy services for kids in schools. Um, and so this fundraiser that, that they just held is, is a huge, huge benefit to children across the state in school programs where the schools, the teachers will apply in the fall. And within weeks, they're able to get set up with a music therapist. Part of their application is being in touch with a music therapist already. And um, then they get going and they are able to receive services for a full school year. It's, it's really an incredible Incredible benefit um, that Kate's Voice is able to provide this access to so many classrooms. It's a great story. Mary, they're still with you. You mentioned you, you, your first um, instrument was the trumpet. What, do you play any other instruments? Yes. In a music therapy curriculum, we need to minor in piano, voice, and guitar as our primary therapeutic instruments. So we'll take classes in all of those. And now as a, as a music therapist who does a lot of traveling to different school buildings and programs, uh, guitar is my primary instrument. I play that all the time in my music therapy center. I do have a piano, which I'll use here. But when I'm out in schools, the guitar is so much easier <laughs> to bring around. Um, and a lot of singing with my voice. Uh, it's a, the voice is a very powerful instrument, especially when working with, with individuals, when it's just you and them and the music. And, and the voice is really all you need oftentimes. Very good. At the same time, I'll walk around. I will, I will bring bags of instruments. So I have maracas and drums and jingle um, bells or all sorts of different instruments that can be incorporated into our session that the, the clients will play with us. Tell us about the typical session in music therapy, the kind of session where Kate may be. Tell us about that, please. We, generally, we would start with a greeting song, a hello song of some sort, where we're going to greet each individual in the group. We're working to use the music in a way that's going to bring everybody together in, in a present group where we're going to be making music together. So we'll engage everybody through a hello song. Oftentimes I do some sort of a body part song where we can all engage in clapping our hands together, patting our knees, stamping our feet. We're all getting together in, in music making and, and using ourselves to connect um, through music. So certainly a lot of body percussion where we're clapping our hands or we're making rhythms on our legs and our hands and doing different things. And then we'll start using some instruments or some books with music to um, address whatever goals are most specific for that group. So in some of the Kate's Voice classrooms that I see, we're working on greeting our peers. So they'll stand up and go over and shake friends with a peer and ask them how their day was going in the middle of a song. Or they will um, give another sort of a and ask a question to a friend across the room, what's new with you and how's everything going? Or with groups of kids who are nonverbal, we might be sharing a drum and I'm passing the drum back and forth and back and forth between two kids to play together. Um, there's all sorts of ways that we can use music to engage people in um, verbal communication as well as nonverbal communication and things that are meaningful in their day. So all sorts of different music activities that can be organized and structured to make everyone in the group successful and be able to participate um, and then we'll always close with a goodbye song where we're going to say goodbye and thank them for the music and the time that we've shared together and close up the group get ready for the next one Laura just a very quick question what's the role of the parents uh, in one of these sessions are you there and if so what do you do um, typically no the parents are not there because especially if they're in the school in the school classroom just as a, a parent would not sort of be sitting in the classroom at school with a the teacher they're typically not in the music therapy sessions um so i suppose they could come if they wanted to um but their role is just as it is throughout the child's day anyway i think that it's more communication between um the teacher and the parent with regard to what happens during a session and how the parent can maybe use some of the techniques they learn during music therapy at home to have the children, um, you know, continue to learn and benefit. 
And I will say also, in addition, Lauren, some of the classes that I have worked with through Kate's Voice, the parents will hear that their child is responding really well to music therapy, and the parents will come in and observe so that they're able to see what, what they're doing there. Um, and as Laura said, in the school setting, the parents aren't generally engaged in the sessions, um, but they do get the feedback from the teachers, and I have had parents come to sit in just to see exactly what is their kid doing, you know, that they're hearing about in music therapy. Um, and in addition, if music therapy is provided in many places, in many locations, and I do do after-school programs where parents come and engage with the kids um, that are family-based groups, the parents and siblings come and join in, but as, as Laura was saying, in the school-based setting, it's generally less parent participation. Sure. Now, we're coming up for the break, so I'm going to um, say um, that um, we're off to a very good start. Unfortunately, there's no music musical accompaniment, um, but maybe we'll advance that one of these days. Um, the short break, um, we will be back. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Laura Rutherford and Meredith Peetzi. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will definitely be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Laura Rutherford and Meredith Pizzi. Our topic is Kate's Voice children with special needs and music therapy. I'm going to ask Laura now um, about the first introduction to music therapy. In other words, going back to the very beginning when Kate began to, um, to take music therapy, what were your first impressions of it? And what, what were the things that led you to, to consider it as an ongoing program for Kate? Laura? Well, um my first introduction to it came really through Kate's just response to music in general. I think we kind of backed into music therapy in that way. Um, as I mentioned, music was and has always been the one thing that Kate responds to, meaning it can turn her mood around. It can sort of put her in the moment. It can enable her to focus and to follow <clears throat> a simple instruction, which, which may seem like not a big deal to some people, but when you're dealing with a child such as mine who does have severe 
special needs and, and children with moderate to severe special needs, this is a big deal to be able to do that because it kind of shows you the potential that they have and it gives you access to tapping into that potential. Um, so, so for Kate, um, the, the first introduction was really she likes music and like I said, we had, we had gifted this, this musician to come into her classroom and then it kind of went from there and we learned about music therapy and what it, and even more than just the music itself, the therapy involved in it and to get a trained therapist to come in and actually use the music to bring out certain skills um, was really enlightening for us and, um, and it's just something that, you know, we, we will advocate for Kate to have forever because it's, it's something she loves and responds to. And there aren't many things that work the way music therapy does for her. Meredith, how do you describe music therapy and what do you see as its value to children with special needs? In other words, I'm asking you from the perspective of a professional talking to somebody like Laura, but at the very beginning. How do you, how do you describe it? I think, I think Laura describes it very well as well when you're able to, to think of Laura's child and um, imagine Kate benefiting from, from being engaged in music. It, it is such a powerful <laughs> medium. Um, music therapy is, is using music for non-musical goals. And generally speaking, we tap into the power of music and the um, elements of music in a way that we are able to engage individuals of all ages with all sorts of needs. Um, what we're able to do through our training in music and music therapy and in psychology is go back to what is music and what is music about and how can we use music to engage other people and, as Laura said, really reach their potential that they have given music and, and work specifically on certain skills in our sessions, but always using music as the modality and as the key communicator. Um, so it is a nonverbal medium. It is a non-threatening medium for so many people who are unlikely or unwilling to engage in other therapeutic um, avenues, music is a way to really connect and, and address those goals without the threat or perceived threat that may be accompanied in other therapies. Um, the value, I think, to children with special needs is, is huge in that it's something that is so meaningful and can be such a honest communication. Um, for children, whether they are verbal or not verbal, or whether they are able to process <laughs> communication and information in the way that you and I are or not, music is something that breaks through so many of those barriers. And so I think it gives a profound value to someone in terms of meaningful communication and interaction with others, which I think oftentimes our kids with special needs are missing, especially in educational settings um, where we're working on skill development but we're not always giving them meaningful interpersonal relationships and meaningful interactions with others. And I think music is able to do that very well when it's structured by a music therapist who's able to really create music that is going to um, set up that situation and provide for that opportunity for any child. Laura, please, please tell us more about the effects of music therapy on Kate. In other words, give us the picture of how Kate responds to it and continues to respond to it specifically the effect? I think what Meredith said all can pertain to, to Kate. Um, I think a couple of the things that Meredith didn't say but maybe insinuated was that um, music, therapy, music, I think, um, really relaxes a child so that they, and I think this pertains to my daughter, Kate, I think it relaxes her. That, so she, it's, like, it's almost like her anxiety about anything around her kind of is just placated and she feels very calm. Um, and I think 
because her body is calm and her mind is calm, even though there's music playing, and it may seem loud and, you know, kind of like that, like how could you feel calm? I think it does something to calm her down so that she is in, she's able to tap into her resources in her brain. Um, and so I think that that's, I don't know if I articulated that correctly, but I think yeah, that that's know. how... I think that's how it works with Kate, and I think she's got a lot of agitation and anxiety built into her, and the music calms her down, and then it's a, she's able to sort of be her. Um, and another thing about music with, with, with Kate is that it motivates her. It actually motivates her. So along with all the things Meredith said, I think that she's motivated by it because she wants to hear more. So if you're asking her to bang on a drum three times, She's going to do it because she, wants, she doesn't want you to stop that music. So if you stop the music, bang on the drum three times, you know, and she knows the music's going to follow after that. So it's sort of like a, a give and take, and it's motivating for her. And, and nothing else really is uh, as much as music um, or as consistently as music. And, um, you know, I think also it enables her to feel part of a group. I think that um, in her classroom the kids are, are pretty um, – they have some, some – um, involved disabilities, and they're all kind of in their own world a lot of the time, um, or they're working individually one-on-one with a teacher, um, and when the music therapist comes in, they're all part of a group, and they're all kind of like in a band. They're doing their thing together, which I think is a really nice thing, because so often in her classroom, more often than not, 99% of the time, they're, uh, you know, they're just feeling like alone and isolated kind of just by, that's just the way it's set up and the way it kind of needs to be set up. But I think when the music comes in, they all feel part of the group. And I think that's a really nice feeling for them to have. Um, and, you know, she vocalizes uh, really only during, I think, the music therapy sessions, I think because of all these reasons. Um, and she's able to follow some simple instructions. Um, and I know they use music with her throughout the day as much as they can to sort of keep that going and to tap into that um, effect that the music has with her. Um. And I can also add, Gordon, I just want to go back to what Laura was saying. I think you're absolutely right, um, Laura, in terms of the, the music relaxing her enough to be able to access all of her other resources. Um, and, and so much of that goes back to neurological functioning, that the way that our brains function and process music is so different from the way we take in other information um, that there, there is really strong evidence to the way that our, our bodies respond to music and um, you know, the importance of working with someone who is a trained music therapist or a board-certified music therapist is they have this awareness and training of how to use music to get to that place where Kate is able to relax enough to engage in the group and to vocalize with her peers and the music therapist and follow those directions. All of those things are so important. And, and it is really using music in a way that's very carefully crafted to, to get to that. Um, but it is a, it's a huge, a huge thing for her and so many other kids. Mm-hmm. Laura, are you and and Mark musical? <laughs> well, um, no. <laughs> we enjoy music. I think that um, I think everyone enjoys music. Um, I think we, we 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 enjoy music. We play music a lot. Um, I don't play any instruments, and Mark doesn't either. So, um, in that sense, no. But we do appreciate music and enjoy it. <laughs> right, right. And in that way, I guess. The same is true of Kate, too, that she's yeah. enjoying the music. Yeah. Meredith, I'm going to go back to you now and ask you what types of special needs um, that children have. For those, which, is, which of those needs uh, is music therapy most beneficial for? 
And then a sort of related question is, are there types of special needs for which you might not recommend music therapy? I think, you know, we could get into diagnoses and certain labels, but I don't know that that's as useful. I think there are certain children who respond primarily to music. That is the way they learn. That is the way they engage. Um, I have parents who often call me on the phone and say, my kid isn't really speaking, but they're singing songs. Um, or they'll sing a song right back, or once they hear a song once, they remember it, and they'll sing it out again, or they'll go to the piano and play it on the piano. Kids who really primarily are able to take in music information and, and use it functionally, those are kids who certainly need um, music therapy or would benefit from music therapy. They're able to use that as their primary tool for learning, and that can be incorporated into their life in so many ways. So I think those kids certainly benefit from music therapy. Um, I will say specifically that Williams syndrome is one syndrome in which there's very well-documented cases um, where just part of their being is musical, and there's so much that has been done for individuals with Williams syndrome. Um, but that's not to neglect so many other areas of Williams of um, autism spectrum disorders and Down syndrome and other genetic syndromes. There are so many disabilities and things that we are able to use music to engage individuals. So I think... Um, that's certainly kids who really respond primarily to music. And then there's kids who cannot tolerate music. And if you have a child or a family member who just cannot take in musical information and when they hear Happy Birthday, they freak out or, or other songs that having music in the background is really a problem for them, those are individuals who would also benefit from music therapy. Music is such a huge part of our culture and our society that to be able to integrate musical information is really important as well, and a music therapist could help with that. Um, I think those are two areas where music therapy is most beneficial. As far as not recommending music therapy, I can't say there's anyone that I would say shouldn't receive music therapy. At the same time, not all kids need music therapy. Um, so in a classroom setting where all the kids are engaging, they're certainly all benefiting. Then there are some individuals in schools who get music therapy as part of their IEP, their individual education plan. And if they're receiving that music therapy individually, those children really need music therapy as a way to learn and access the rest of their curriculum. Not all children do need music therapy in that way. Um, but for some children, as I said, it is the primary way that they're able to access the environment and access all of their skills. So for those kids, absolutely, they would, they would be um, considered necessary services. Laura, this is a very quick one because we're going to go into a break uh, very, very soon. Mm -hmm. Give me a, su a success story other than Kate uh, that, your, that Kate's voice is well, there's a lot of them, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one. I received a letter last year from a parent um, telling me how much her son um, he had some type of syndrome. I'm not sure. I remember what it was, but how much her son thrived with music therapy. And she said that he learned skills like how to wait patiently. Um, he showed increased vocalizations, and he couldn't wait to go to school um, on the days of the therapy. And this was a child who didn't really love to go to school. And um, she sent me a picture of her son with a therapist arm in arm. <laughs> and she just, it was the, the cutest picture. And um, just, you know, she was just saying, thank you so much for the service. This has benefited, benefited my son so greatly. And, um, and, you know, thank you for turning us on to music therapy and for giving this to our son in his class. Great, great story. Now it is time for us to take the short break. We have to earn our living. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Laura Rutherford and Meredith Pizzi. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned and come back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to Family Caregivers Unite. We're talking about Kate's voice and music therapy, and I'm going straight back to Meredith um, because I'd like to hear more about the advice she offers to family caregivers who are wondering if music therapy will help their children with special needs. Meredith? I think the first um, step is to find a board-certified music therapist near you who can help you through conversation and also through an initial music therapy assessment see if your child um, would benefit from music therapy and how it might be able to help them and your family. Um, so I would suggest finding a board-certified music therapist, and there's a couple ways you can go about doing that. Um, the certification board of music therapists does certify us in our, our field, and you can get a list of board-certified music therapists near you at their website, which is www.cbmt.org. Again, it's www.cbmt.org. And the American Music Therapy Association can also provide listings of qualified music therapists in your area, and their website is www.musictherapy.org. Okay. Now, I'm just going to break in and say that there is an opportunity for listeners to communicate with us by email. Uh, It is in one of the commercial breaks, um, and we'd be pleased um, to receive inquiries um, directed to Laura and Meredith about any aspect of music therapy, so please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Now, I'm going to go to Laura now, um, and this is, again, focused on the very beginning. For a parent who is, whose child is starting with music therapy, what are the key signs, the important signs, that the child is benefiting? And that's from a parent's viewpoint. Laura? <laughs> Well, since this is from a parent's viewpoint, I'm going to just say, is the child enjoying the therapy? Um, Does the child look forward to going? Does he or she get excited about it? Um, And because I think that's 
that's a that's an important part of it. Um, and also, um, I would ask the teacher or the therapist to tell you what skills is the the child working on during the sessions, and are are these skills improving? Um, and has the music therapy, in the eyes of the therapist or the teacher, been successful in ways that other therapies have not? Because I think that's a good way to sort of separate what the music therapy is doing versus maybe what the child is learning in the classroom or at home and through through other means. Um, and also play music at home and see how the child reacts. Kind of, I don't know. Does the child is the child drawn to the music? Is it is it a way you can use it throughout the day just for fun or um, for motivation? Um, that's what I would suggest. Right. A quick editorial comment. As a parent, I think your criteria that the child likes to go to school, welcomes it, and all those kinds of things would resonate with every parent. At least it certainly would resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Now to, to go back to Meredith, please. From a professional point of view, what early signs are you, are you looking for and what do these signs tell you about the child's response to music therapy? Initially, I'm really looking for just their basic responses to music and to changes in the music. So how likely are they to vocalize or respond vocally to um, a pause in the music? And if I get faster or slower in my music-making is there increased eye contact? Is there increased attention? Um, do they move their bodies differently in response to the music? Are they engaging with the music in a way that is different from what I see when there's no music in the room? Um, how are they able to create communication and respond to communication in the music with instruments, with their voices, with their body? How do they create music in that, that time together? Um, certainly if they're showing physical responses and, and verbal responses to the music, then I know that they're engaged and I know that they're with me 100%. And if I can keep changing that music through our time together and keep them engaged, um, then I know that, that we've got that locked in and we can use that to, to its greatest potential. Um, for a child who isn't really attending to a lot of things, if I can keep their attention for a few minutes or if I can get their eye contact when the music stops and then when it starts again, um, even if they're not physically responding, if I'm getting their eye contact and their feedback and there's some smiles coming out and although they may be reluctant to engage in many other situations, they're clearly responding to the music and actively engaged um, from an emotional standpoint, then it's something that we can certainly work towards. I often say that um, kids can't resist the drum for long. Just like Laura was saying, you know, if they're playing the drum three times, they're so motivated to play that drum. Even a child who's reluctant to engage in something, that drum is hard to resist for some time. So if, if there's a drum available, are we able to engage in it? If not a drum, usually the scarves will work and movement with scarves. Um, so it's using those, those elements to see what sort of a response we're getting. Very good. Laura, um, I think you told us that Kate has been taking music therapy now for three years. Is that right? Um, well, she's, she's been enjoying music since birth, but um, her official music therapy has probably been three or four years. Um, prior to that, she was getting uh, music in her school settings, preschool, where I had mentioned we had hired the musician to come in, but he was not a music therapist. Um, so... It's been, you know, she's had music in her life forever. Um, officially, technically, it's probably only been about three or four years since she's been having music therapy. Right. And I think you told us also that you intend to continue this uh, indefinitely, the music yes. therapy. Right. Now, looking back, um, how, I'm very interested in these early stages at this particular moment. How long do you think it took for you and Kate 
to experience the benefits. And I do mean you and Kate. That is to say that you felt, just as Kate felt, that there was good stuff here, there was benefit here. How long, how long was it before you saw, saw and experienced those things? Um, well, I, I would say, it, it, really, it was, it's pretty immediate, with, with, particularly with my daughter, Kate. I don't know about other children or young adults and teens with special needs, but I know with Kate, um, it was, the benefits were, were pretty immediate, um, really from the first time she experienced it and, and had music therapy. Um, but again, I think that was because music had been really a part of her life, and she was used to kind of having someone come in and work with her and her classmates. So I think that it was, it's kind of, it's a little hard to, to, to answer that um, specifically, because she'd been having music so so frequently, um, and, it, and, and she always loved it. So I think I'm going to say immediately, really, for her. But I'm not sure that's a typical response. Um, but I think with regard to her whole um, developmental picture, it was, it's, it was pretty immediate that we saw the benefits. Okay. Meredith, please, could you say, um, really respond to Laura's question of generally, what's your experience of how long it takes before you notice the benefit, or is it immediate? What's your experience there professionally? I think it takes time to see progress, but I do think that the benefit is generally visible um, pretty quickly if, if someone is able to engage in the music. Um, my after-school group sessions that I run, I run on a six-week basis, and generally you see a huge change in behavior and participation from the beginning to the end. And sometimes that first week can, can be a little rocky, um, where students are testing out boundaries and are not sure of the environment, all of those things. But there is definitely an engagement that I, as a music therapist, at least can see. Sometimes I think the parent wonders, oh, my goodness, my kid isn't, isn't behaving very well. Um, but I can see the potential in their responses to the music. And so I think it does take time to see progress. Um, but initial responses to music are, are initial responses to music. And if we can see that and qualify that as something that is a benefit, then I think that's a positive thing. Sure. Let's, Meredith, still with you. Let's go into broader questions like um, the number of programs or the number of sessions, rather, uh, that you offer or would advise, um, the length of time that people should be thinking of and how they integrate with any other kinds of therapeutic or school programs that the child is undertaking. Just generally give us some advice about that. And generally speaking, music therapy is provided on once-a-week basis, but it's such an individual case for someone who is really benefiting strongly from music therapy and maybe not um, seeing progress in other areas and other therapeutic services, maybe music therapy would be provided more often than, than other services. Um, are not appearing to be as, as effective um, or essential. But generally speaking, music therapy individually or in a group is once a week. Um, we also do sessions every other week. Um, but I think the, the best case scenario is a once a week session. Um, all music therapy sessions are goal-driven. So when we meet with an individual client or we're in a school setting, we're looking at what are the goals for that group or individual, and, and we'll work on that over time. Um, so generally once a week, Getting together is, is an appropriate time. Sessions last, depending on the, the environment, between 30 minutes and an hour. Um, most of my individual sessions are 45 minutes, and many of my groups are 45 minutes. There are times when I'll see kids in a school for a 30-minute session um, or, you know, different, different configurations based on the needs and, and abilities of, of the people engaged in the, the therapeutic progress. 
right. process. Laura, slight, slightly different question now. You, Kate and Mark, and your other children have traveled uh, a fair way down a, a road. Please, would you offer some advice to parents, families, who are just starting out on that journey that um, you've experienced? What, what's the kind of a general advice you're going to be giving them relative to the role of music in their lives and these kinds of things? Well, um, I think I would, I would advise um, um, put, you know, bring music into the home. Just There's so much kids' music out there on CDs and um, even on TV shows. Kind of bring that into the house and, and, and enroll your child in a music class. Um, I suppose it doesn't have to be a music therapy class, but even just some type of a music class um, and see you know, how the child reacts and responds in the class. Um, that's, that's how we started. Um, and, you know, if the child's in school, you can, you can ask the child about, I mean, ask the child's teacher about um, whether there is any access to music therapy, whether there's any funding they can get for it, whether there's, um, you know, any music in the classroom, and, and how does that child, you know, how does my child respond to that, and do you ever use that throughout the day? Um, Sometimes they add music therapy into IEPs, as Meredith said, the individual education plans. Um, I think I think that's a tough one because me, music is a little more accessible than music therapy, just because of budgets and 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 restraints like that. But I do think that if you advocate for your child, if you find you know, hey, my child loves this and is responding to this, and I think can benefit from this, you have to just advocate for your child to get music therapy, um, either through the school, through an IEP, or some type of an outside funding, such as Kate's Voice, even though I know we're unique in that we just do music therapy grants, but there are other ways you can get okay. music therapy grants. Um, Laura, um, I'm going to have to interrupt you there, because we are going to be talking in a moment about okay. uh, how we advocate and develop these programs, okay. but we do have to go into our break. Okay. Um, so um, I'm going to say to our listeners, please, um, do stay tuned, because this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my two guests, Laura Rutherford and Meredith Pizzi, are talking about a very fascinating and important, socially important, medically important topic, uh, music therapy for children with special needs. Please stay tuned. We will be back. Talk, talk, talk. talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Help, you know I need someone. Help, 
You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Laura Rutherford and Meredith Pizzi. Our topic is Kate's Voice, Children with Special Needs and Music Therapy. Now, my question is let this. Let us suppose that you two as individuals are appointed by your government to see, oversee the development of programs of music therapy for children with special needs. What are the things you would propose and why? Meredith first. I think primarily, you know, where we have to start is increasing access to music therapy services for children with special needs. Um, As we were just kind of alluding to, it can be sometimes difficult to find ways to reach music therapy and to get music therapy for your child. And I think in terms of general development, and, and we would love to see an increased access to music therapy services for all children with special needs. Um, Laura started speaking about the children in school and, and whether or not they have access to music therapy. And unfortunately, many of our kids in special education settings and special ed classrooms, even in the public schools, do not have access to even their music educators in the building. So they're not receiving a music ed class, nor are they receiving music therapy. And, and they're really lacking in terms of accessibility to music and experiences in music. So I think that access to music therapy services for children in separate classrooms that are provided for children with special needs um, and then special ed settings that maybe are private day school settings, you know, those really need to be addressed because those children are not getting access to any part of their music curriculum, and, and that's something that is overlooked in many school settings. And I think um, a lot could be done to address that, that area specifically, whether it's trainings for music educators, because many of them do not have training in working with children with special needs, um, which music therapists can help with, or specific music therapy services for those classrooms of children who would really benefit from music therapy. I think those are, that would be the first place to start, is getting access to music in those classrooms. Right. Laura, same question. What would you propose? Well, um, along the lines of what Meredith said, um, I think that I know that my daughter Kate gets the traditional therapies in her program, meaning speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy. I would like to see music therapy added in as one of the standard therapies. Um, I, it would be like any other therapy. Not every child would get it, but the, the children that would benefit most from it or benefit from it should be able to get music therapy. Um, and maybe you don't do one of the other therapies. Instead, you know, if it's too costly and you can't do four therapies, well, maybe music therapy takes over um, speech therapy. Or, or something like that. Uh, this is in a perfect world. I think that, I think that um, educate, special educators would be surprised at the benefits that they would see from music therapists, um, even, you know, versus speech therapists, I think, with some kids. I think it would have a very um, similar, if not even better, effect. So that would, that would be one thing I would propose, is to add music therapy into the traditional therapies in the classroom. Um, and um, I, in terms of what else to say about that, I'm not sure. I think okay. Meredith alluded to the fact earlier that music therapy, we're talking about children with special needs, um, 
I think music therapy um, is, is equally, if not even more effective, with teens, with adults, with special needs, with people who are undergoing medical treatment. There's, music therapy, I think, benefits all kinds of people who are having some type of pain or suffering in their lives or just ha- you know, having trouble connecting um, in other areas, not developmentally, but I think in many areas it's a calming, soothing, therapeutic um, benefit that people really could could use. Yeah, and to go back to what you said, Laura, the the piece of having music therapy as a standard therapy in schools, it is included in the special education law here in the United States as a related service, so it can be provided in the school setting as a related service on an IEP. Um, it is not yet a standard um, standard delivered service or a service that is assessed for all children. And again, like those services, not everyone would receive it, would qualify for the service, but it, it should be something that's accessible to all students. Some districts are more willing or likely to um, provide a music therapy assessment and have it on the IEP. Um, but it is certainly something that is part of our, our current structure in special education. It is recognized as a related service that benefits many, many students. Um, in addition, I think outside of the school setting for children, we could look at increasing insurance coverage for music therapy. There are a number of insurance companies that will cover music therapy services, and we need to keep asking our insurance companies if they would cover that for our family members. Um, it can be provided and covered through insurance if it's for a medical necessity, and I think for many of the children that I see, certainly, it, it is part of their medical needs um, in terms of being able to function and relate in the world that they are in. And so I think that is also an opportunity for um, family members to to call their insurance company and say, my child um, is really responding to music and I would like to have music therapy considered as a treatment option for my child. Um, It is happening across the country and I think we could do more of it. Um, There's also certain services that you can get after school through community organizations, whether it's through um, a local program for children with special needs, recreation programs, um, or other after-school programs. There are parents who put together after-school programs for their children and include music therapy as part of those services. So it's connecting with others in your community and finding ways to provide music therapy as a service, whether it's in the classroom or outside of the classroom, but able to to benefit all of the children. Right. Laura... I'm going to ask you this, and it's a question that really reflects things that I've heard in other episodes of this show. Um, Parents discussing their experience with kids um, with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, they emphasize that the real, really key challenge they experienced were behavioral problems on the part of the children. Now, I know this is a difficult question, but I would like to say, ask you this. Do you see music therapy as being an assistance to parents faced with children with special needs in the form of behavioral problems? What do you think about that? Um, I think, just to rephrase, you're asking me, do I, do I think that music therapy can benefit children that have behavioral problems? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, okay. I do, because I think, um, I think it goes a little bit back to the, what I said about, and I'm not a doctor or a music therapist, but just a parent, um, the music kind of relaxing people and relaxing things in the brain that just calm them down. And maybe if a child's angry or 
upset or anxious or depressed or whatever, I, I feel as though the music just kind of soothes it. And um, if you can tap into that and get them maybe to express, you know, to sort of calm and then express themselves through it, um, find that outlet to, to get whatever it is out and to kind of make peace with it. I think music it would be a great way to do that. A music, a music therapist, I'm sure, could develop a program um, a session to sort of tap into that and 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 um, help to to calm that kids that have behavioral issues. Are there behavioral problems? What what's your view of that? Yeah, um, I, I agree with Lauren. I think as she's alluding to the, the nonverbal communication piece of music can be a significant way in which children are able to express themselves musically. Maybe when words are challenging, if there's a lot of frustration and. Um, aggression in the home or other things going on where, where the child is acting out, maybe music would allow them a more safe expression of, of the emotions that they're experiencing. And then music can be carried over into the home in terms of working with the family to create musical cues for daily activities where maybe there's certain um, recorded music or songs that are sung to help with those daily living activities that sometimes can be very challenging in a home and very stressful for caregivers. Um, and also with transitions in the home, whether it's time to move on to a different task or time to go someplace else, there are ways that we can use music to cue the brain and to cue the individual to this is what's going to happen next. Um, and I think those things can be really important in the home and can be built into carryover so that family members are able to use music, whether it's a CD that's created in the music therapy session or using um, songs that I have clients where some of the behaviors have been really challenging and I can take a session and write a song with the client about these certain behaviors and things we should do or shouldn't do and then we've written a song we've recorded it and we can set it home on a cd and it can be reinforced through conversation and listening to the music and all of those things it can it can be a significantly important piece laura your work um you mentioned you'd raised fifty thousand dollars a couple of weeks ago with your um with your program of fundraising um funding is always a problem in anything to do with healthcare. i find um would an economic argument Based, along, based on the following lines, be helpful to you. And the lines of the argument might be, look, behavioral problems are, in some areas of special needs, a major issue, not only for family caregivers, but also for the educational system and sometimes other systems as well. Um, a lot, it all costs a lot, programs, and government programs and the like, a lot of money. Maybe music therapy could save some money. What do you think of that argument? Would it be useful? I, oh, I think it would be useful. I don't know if it would be effective. I think you face the, some of the same challenges you, people face with advocating for funding for a lot of things to um, prevent behavior. Um, it's, I, think, um, I think it would be, I mean, I think it's a valid argument. I think it would be useful. I, whether or not it would be effective, I think would just be, questionable only because I feel as though so many arguments with regard to health care and education um, that would actually save money in the long run don't end up passing because um, the government, the school, the whatever the institution is doesn't like to put the money up front. Um, and for that reason, I don't know if it, maybe I'm being cynical, would, would be effective, but it's useful and I think that it would absolutely benefit if if um, if it would if this type of therapy would be funded, I, I absolutely think there would be tremendous benefits. Okay. Um, 
And Gordon, I think another argument in terms of economic um, benefit would also be that music therapy is so effectively provided within a group setting, and mm-hmm. that oftentimes the benefit for many involved in a group session is significant. And when you're looking at group homes or you're looking at senior services and individuals living in a nursing home or long-term care facility or um, even in correctional facilities, there are a lot of music therapists providing services in correctional facilities. In different areas where group services can be so effective, um, music therapy is an incredibly huge financial benefit because it can be provided in the schools as well as in so many other settings to a number of people and the benefit can be seen for all. Okay. Now, we have to unfortunately close on that particular point and I want to say first of all thank you to our listeners and do please email us with your comments and questions because this is a subject that I think uh, needs a good deal more discussion because there's so much promise that the more discussion we have the greater is the chance of it getting the attention, the full attention that it deserves. I want to say thank you to our guests, Laura Rutherford and Meredith Pizzi, for sharing with us their experience, their insights, and their advice. I also want to thank them for the enthusiasm, and that's the right word, that they've um, created within their families for for the children, um, for the clients, and for the subject and its promise increasing promise for the future. So thank you very much for taking part. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. And to our um, listeners, I would say just say this, that our next episode um, is about grandparents and kinship family caregiving. Please join us. Same time, same spot on the internet, and the same kind of story of dedication to something which is profoundly important Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.